Yo, yo, what is going on, everybody? Welcome on in to the show. That's right, we're back. We took off last week. There was a game on a, on a Tuesday, but we are back. Uh, much better shape, to be honest. I feel like if we did this last week, uh, probably would have been losing our minds a little bit, but we're back. Sixers are five and two. And we got a big game tomorrow against the Chicago Bulls. We're going to break it down, talk about all that, all the surrounding stories. Um, with my guys, DJ, Romp, RB here. What's going on, guys? Hey, man, what's up? Let's do it. Sixers Takeover Podcast, man. I missed a week. It's like part of my life now. I need it. <laughs> I need it in my system. Lots to say, man. Lots to say. Yeah, I'm excited, but a little nervous about this Bulls matchup because they're a really, really good team offensively and defensively, but I think we're going to fight hard. Yeah, I agree. That's a common theme. Shout out to everybody in the chat. We got uh, some channel members up in here, a uh, bunch of people up in here already. Shout out to you guys. Sixers Takeover Podcast, Episode 6. Uh, we're going to try to keep doing this every week, so you know, keep letting us know. If you're enjoying it, hit the like wherever you're watching. Sub to all the channels down on the banner. Uh, that being said, let's get right into this. So, like you said, we're going to fight hard. Um, we might we might as well just go around and, and talk for a second about like how we feel about the team at this point because – after that Brooklyn Nets game, in my opinion, we you know, <laughs> we were like we were looking forward to the season. We're like, oh man, here we go again. <laughs> another another one of these. And it's like blowing leads and this and that. Yeah. And honestly, we've really picked it up the last couple of games. We've won, you know, three in a row. Uh, we're five and two. We played a lot better. And last night, to me, outside of maybe the Hawks win, because the Hawks win was a statement game, but last night talked to me on on a different level. You know, going and going and beating the Blazers, especially with Dame Lillard and that whole thing. But, you know, without Tobias, without Joel, Tobias was a late scratch. And then Danny Green goes down before the fourth quarter. And for our young guys to come together and just, you know, really, they just showed so much heart, like Romp said. So what do you how are you guys feeling about the team? Because I'm I'm stoked after last night. Yeah, I am stoked, too. Um, And the Nets game. The Nets game didn't upset me too much. Yeah, we gave up a fourth quarter lead. The Knicks game really upset me because we didn't we, we weren't close in that game at all. We got our asses kicked from the start. Um and you know, after that game we were like, "Wait a minute, this team looks terrible. The bench is non-existent. Everything was terrible." And then it's like, "Of course it's going to be a roller coaster season." So we come back and look totally different the next game. And now we look like, "Hey, look, this roster is winning games even without Joel Embiid." Um and Tobias Harris and, you know, Portland, who knows what, how good they actually are, or how bad they actually are. But, uh, Dame's been terrible. I do think our chemistry and our perimeter defense stood out to me in that game. And I think that's a huge thing. Our communication, our sharing the ball and rotating on defense and, and knowing where to be switching and rotating. It's been great. So I think, I think this five and two record represents the team pretty accurately right now. Um, I'm, I'm really pleased with this team. I mean, it's crazy to think, um, that we have the number one offense in the league, you know, obviously it's early number one, um, offense in the half court, number one offense in transition as of now, um, without that, um, number 25. So it's pretty crazy to see that and say it again for about, the people in the back. I oh, need yeah. you to say so, it again. Number one offensive rating in the league number one in the half court number one in transition 
You want me to say it again? Okay, I'll say this it again. This was Number not supposed one to happen. Offensive rating, <laughs> but that's just a great sign because um as I'm watching this team, there's stretches where I'm like, ah man, this is a bad offensive stretch. And there's just things we could work on from like a coaching angle, you know. I feel like last night really told a story of um the Sixers trusting each other. I mean, they have 34 assists last night, and that was um the the most assists they had this season. And the Warriors lead the league in assists per game with 28 assists. So that just um shows you how much we were moving the ball. So I feel like um Tobias Harris and Joel Embiid kind of have to like you know, realize that we can trust players on this team. If we move the ball a little more and trust other guys, think good things are going to happen because it seems like when we get ball movement and people are facilitating, that's our that's when our offense is at its best. When, when we revert into iso ball with both Tobias and Joel Embiid, that's when we seem to have our problems. So I think that's where we need to like, you know, fix our offense and just trust each other a little more with the stars. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think that um, outside of that Knicks game, like I'm just having a lot more fun watching the team. Like mm-hmm. all's moving. It looks natural. It's fun. Like every guy's a threat to shoot. Um, you talked about two five. I'm just going to throw it out there. You know, we might as well. Um, all the people that want to talk about this guy creating offense. Remember that how much value he had in, in you know, create. He scores 10 points a game, but he creates 47. No, <laughs> I mean, the, the proof is in the pudding right here. Like we lead the league in offense. I didn't even expect it to happen this quick. Now, I do agree. There are things we got to work on. Um, but let's remember, like Joel Embiid isn't even fully healthy yet. Tobias Harris was out yesterday. Like we are not a complete product. And there's definitely a curve that is going to uh, to have to, you know, endure itself here throughout the season. But right now for us to be at this point, especially you know, out, everything outside of that Knicks game, it's just been so much fun to watch. Mm. And, and it's not even like we're going to talk about it more in, in in extent here. But the bench, the bench is my biggest takeaway. Like, I did not expect the bench to be like this. Um, George Nang, George Niang, I'm sorry, man. Like, <laughs> I, never, like, I never doubted George Niang, but I said I wanted to see him play more than 10 minutes a game. That stardom as dark Talk about Mike Scott and then George Niang, all right? Andre Drummond. I mean, my this guy is a dog. Now, I know he's probably going to leave after this year, but we have to enjoy it while we can. That guy is sensational. The bench is completely upgraded. Furkan Korkmaz, I got to give him some love, man. He is, uh, <laughs> he's a different guy. He's a different player. Matisse Thibel has come alive the last Shout two games. Everybody is a dog on this team, and that's what I've been waiting for. They play different. They got energy, even if it's not perfect, right? Even if Tyrese Maxey can't finish with the right high off the glass, guess what? He's going the next time down mm-hmm. the court. He's going right back to the basket. I love it, man. Yeah, I want to go back to that 2-5 thing real quick because the people that say that, you know, yeah, he doesn't score, but he created this much offense, right? They, they are saying it in a way like assuming that if he's gone – none of those points are going to get scored. You know what I mean? Like, he created 40 points of offense. So when we lose him, we're losing 40 points. No, he had the ball in his hand the whole game. The other players on the court are going to score those 40 points. I mean, it's just common sense. Like, it's not that big of of a of a miss. His on-ball defense is amazing. But other than that, 
I don't really care that he's not here. I just don't. Like once in a while, he shuts people down defensively, and that's really all he has to live on. So I'm happy that his team's just building chemistry and stuff. Yo, Eastwood, and, you know, I got a stat for you, man. Go ahead. You want me to read it? Yeah. Damian Lillard and Trey Young combined to shoot six of 17 when guarded by Tyrese Maxey. So I think Tyrese um, plays good defense for his size. Our, for sure. our perimeter defense, I mean, we're like, I think we're like 15th in the league in defensive rating, but I think our defense has been fine and I mean. our offense picks it up too. So and I don't it's miss not, it's, defense. And, and, <laughs> I'm and, and, real. and it's not a one on one game, you know? So defense is, is mostly a team game also you know they're they're running screens trying to get them open double screens all kinds of other stuff it's more about chemistry communication and rotating than this one-on-one lockdown scary defender so yeah you know, you know what's so apparent to me is like now like watching seven games and then thinking about last year like every time the ball used to go to two five like i feel like the entire offense would just get unplugged for like five seconds yeah. i really feel like you know you give it to them at the top of the arc and, and like thinking about it in comparison to now, like the entire <clears> offense <throat> would just deflate. Now it's like throughout the entire 24, most of the time, it's like swinging here, swinging there. And even if we're not knocking down, like somebody's finding a way to, to get a one-on-one and they're taking advantage of it. And I feel like, I, I mean, I don't know the exact stat, but I feel like we have to be top five in pace in the NBA because we're just nonstop moving. We're nonstop moving. Mm-hmm. So I'm loving that part of the offense. That's the one thing Doc Rivers well, he said a lot of things. That's the one thing that stood out to me after that Knicks game, his post game press conference. He said we weren't moving the ball and we weren't, we weren't, you know, we were dribbling too much. And he said, We're gonna fix it. And I was like, All right, Doc, let's see what you do. And the next game, there was a lot less dribbling, a lot more like if you have an open shot, shoot it. If you don't swing the ball, you know what I mean? You set a screen, swing the ball. I mean, it's basic. It's really basic. You learn it in high school, you know what I mean? Passing screen, passing screen, get an open shot and let the talent on the floor. Uh, you know, beat the other team. Yeah, I agree. Um, before we get on to the the game tomorrow, um, what do you guys think about Dame? Just for on a quick note, I know obviously everybody was chanting, "We want Dame and all." It would be nice. <laughs> I, don't, I mean, it sucks because like we can you know smile all we want. It feels like he's never gonna leave. Um, but do you guys think it's like actually gonna prolong, or do you think he's just in some weird slump and? Or is he trying to work his way out? What do you guys think? Man, I don't know. Somebody said he's still on a honeymoon. Like this, somebody <laughs> somebody said he's still on a honeymoon. He looks kind of chubby. So may, maybe maybe he got married and didn't do a whole lot in the offseason, and he's just not really in good shape right now. I don't know. But he doesn't look like himself at all. It, it really might. Album too. <laughs> yeah, that too. Yeah, recording rap albums. Which, by the way, he wants to be referred to as a rapper, not an <laughs> NBA player who raps. So... Damian Lillard is now a rapper who plays basketball. Uh, I just don't think he cares that much to leave Portland. He's living his best life. Yeah, he's he's not going to leave. And I think um, I think the rules are affecting him a bit because um, he's one of those guys that went low key, where um, you can actually fight around screens now without getting like a cheesy touch foul. And he made a living off like just going around screens and like getting that cheesy like three-point shot foul like Mm -hmm. last year he averaged 7.2 free throws a game this year he's only averaging 3.9 which then that's like a a crazy decrease and i mean he's gonna start making shots obviously but it's pretty impressive portland's only three and four with him playing like off 
Like he's he's doing he's playing terrible and he's bad. Mm-hmm. Playing bad. He's bad. He I, 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 I don't know shots. what's going on. Yeah, I forgot to. I wanted to bring that up last night. He does seem to be affected by this this new uh, NBA officiating, and because he does the little like one dribble, lean in, scream. Uh, you know, the NBA refs just, I guess, weren't smart enough in the past how many years that anytime a player yells really loud, they call a foul. You know, now it's like, oh, he's yelling at me, but it wasn't a foul, so I'm not going to call it. So I'm like, I just, I don't understand how it took this long, but it's nice that they're not calling those fouls. But I definitely saw it last night a couple times where Dame's just not getting those calls. Like, you have to actually get fouled for them to call it. I, I think they called one last night on Matisse that I was like, really? That's the one you're not supposed to call. So they gave him like one of them, but not as many as they normally do. Him and Trey Young are not handling this well. Yeah, and Trey Young actually cries <laughs> about it. Meanwhile, Dame is out here post game saying like, "Yeah, you know these type of challenges, you know, show my true <laughs> character and all this." I'm like, "Damn, man, I, I really look. I don't care what anybody says. I still wish we could get our hands on him. Um, I feel like he needs a change of scenery or something, but who knows if it'll ever happen. But anyway, um. The Sixers are balling out, and tomorrow we got the six and one Chicago Bulls. Now I don't know if you guys saw what happened last night. The Celtics uh-huh. are trash. Okay, <laughs> it sucks. Like all those years of the Celtics uh, fans trying to clown us. The Ce- I mean, the Celtics are playing Al Horford at the four. Can we just talk about it for one second? Bro, <laughs> Al Horford's been learn? their best player, man. Wasn't email you on thing. our staff? It's so much and- fun to make fun of the Celtics. I just love it. Dude, Ume Udoka was on our staff, and we're playing. At, they're playing Al Horford at the four. Um, they got Josh Richardson. Like, I, they're a they're a dumpster fire. They're gonna have to sell their team. Honestly, that that's what it might come to. Anyway, what what was the lead? They blew like a twenty five lead or something in the. Four. They were they were up by nineteen with eleven minutes left. I know that. I just rewatched the highlights, and what's funny is the collapse started. With a Josh Richardson three pointer <laughs> off the <laughs> off the front of the rim, and that's when it started because Caruso got the rebound and threw a, a full court pass, and it just went downhill from there. Dude, they are bad, uh, but I'm not gonna take away credit from the Bulls because I still think they're a really good team. I expected them to be a top five team, um, uh-huh. and Demar is. I think Demar is probably having his best year so far, and Zach Levine, and then Lonzo, like. The Bulls just strike me as one of those teams that are deep. Um, what do you guys think about that? They are deep. Um, I don't want to take anything away from either, but I want to make fun of the Celtics one more time. Last night, DeMar DeRozan, I mean, he's a, like when he's wide open in the mid-range, it's almost 100%. You know what I mean? He's like one of the best mid-range shooters I've ever seen. And the Celtics just, it was, I watched it again, and it was so easy for him. It was one screen and wide open, one screen and wide open, like the whole game. So I think we're we stand a chance to play better perimeter defense than that. And that was that yeah. that was that Al Horford drop coverage on the pick and rolls and stuff. It's just he still does it. He stays in the paint against one of the best mid range shooters ever. But yeah, I expected the Bulls to be as good as they are too. And you know, it's not just the guys that they added at, in the starting lineup. Alex Caruso on the bench uh, was making a lot of plays in the third quarter, and they're a really deep team. DeRozan has back to back thirty point games, thirty two and thirty six. Um, Zach Levine is back-to-back 26-point games, so it's like two really good just bucket-getter kind of guys, man. Like You don't even have to really run an offense to get points out of those two, and it's going to be tough. Yeah, yeah, I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm not going to lie. They're um, fifth-ranked in defense and seventh in offense, so they're they're good on both ends of the floor. 
Um, DeMar DeRozan somehow shooting 40% from three, which I don't believe in, believe in, <laughs> I, I would still give him the three point shot. And if he's making the three, whatever, we'll probably lose. But, um, yeah. Vucevic, uh, he's been playing decent. I think, I don't know. I think our, our, our game plan should just be like pack, pack the paint. Don't let them get inside. Cause when they get like in the painted area, the mid range area, it opens up so much for them. While like, um, if you give them like they got Javante Green in the starting lineup, I would let him shoot all all day. And if he's making shots, whatever. But I don't know. It's like I feel like you just got to give them the three and hope they're missing. And if they're making, obviously you got to adjust. But like if when they get going and they get in the painted area, the, their whole offense just gets that much better. So that that would be my key. I don't know. Yeah, let's. We're definitely going to break this one down. Let's take a step back and first talk about the Sixers. So Tobias is out for tomorrow. I don't know how many games he's going to miss. We have a back-to-back, and I think we play Saturday. Uh, That is an unfortunate break for us because I I really wanted to play this team tomorrow full strength. I don't even care what happens Mm -hmm. against the Pistons. I wanted to play this team full strength. Um, Tobias is out. Danny Green is out with a hamstring injury. And he's expected to be out, I don't know how long, but Doc did not sound optimistic about it. And then, obviously, 2-5 is out. So we're missing Danny, 2-5, Tobias. Um, Joel's probably still battling a little bit of soreness, so um, it's not going to be easy. But based off of what I saw last night, like these guys are playing hard. And I want to talk about the bench because the bench is going to be huge. But first, shout out to Cat with the $5 Super Chat. Uh, says with the Celtics struggling, is Tatum Brown a more realistic trade option for Ben? Well, going by what the Celtics are doing, um, I wouldn't be surprised with them, but I I think they're going to end up trading one of them or maybe both. But what do you guys think? Uh, I just think that would be a huge mistake. I, I I don't. I mean, I think you probably think that too, but like. It should be common sense what you need to put around these guys, and it's been two off seasons now, and or, or more than two off seasons. But the last two off seasons, it's like, what are the Celtics doing? Like, <laughs> it's just the weirdest things that they do in the off season that aren't complementing their two scorers at all. You have two guys that can combine, that literally can average fifty points together, and you can't manage to, you know, string together some some good games. I don't know, but uh, I'll take either of them. I think I like Jalen Brown better than Jason Tatum for some reason. I just do. Uh, but realistic trade option for Ben, I don't know, man. It's hard. It's hard to even imagine anybody giving up anything significant for him at this point. Yeah. And it's crazy, too, because the Celtics were so close earlier in their career. And like you said, I don't know what they're doing. Like, uh, they just <laughs> keep going downhill. They keep saying what they said was they were trying to create cap space for this next year. But, like, who's going to want to go and play with that team? Like, I, I don't really know. And, I just think the bottom may fall out eventually. Did you hear Marcus Smart said uh, kind of kind of came at him a little bit? Call him out. And this is where we're in the first 10 games of the season. (laughs) He said for anybody that didn't see it, he said uh, the the offense is designed to get those guys the ball and they don't want to pass it. (laughs) Dude, the Celtics are bad. They're in a bad, bad spot. Um, But yeah, it. I don't think the Celtics would ever take him either, but that would be interesting. Um, but anyway, about the Sixers bench, right? So that is that is the part I've been most impressed with about this team. And first, we got to talk about George Niang. So 
His nickname is uh, what is his nickname? Minivan or something? Yeah, and now minivan. Yeah. Where did that come from? I don't. I think it was was it Drummond said Alex? it right? No, his name was what was it? Minivan first, and then Drummond changed it. He upgraded it to Sprinter Van. <laughs> Sprinter Van. Isn't that, that what mean? happened? Isn't that what he said? I don't even know what a Sprinter Van is. I just know he said something like that yesterday, but um. I, I just want to know what you guys think about George Niang because yesterday this man elevated to LeBron level LeBron <laughs> really did. five minutes. Um, Dude, listen, the, I, the main thing that I took away from it is there's a reason players leave this city and talk about this city when they leave and, and come back when they have a chance and retire here when they have a chance. There's just something about it. This dude had more passion in the, in his body language and I'm not a, I never watched a lot of George Niang, but I'm willing to say he had more confidence last night than he's had in his career. He was just on another level, and it's just it's the the fans' energy is just like injected into your veins. It's crazy. He was flexing and pumping his chest, and like it was ridiculous. He couldn't be stopped for like George Yang out here, and he was he was making plays from the top. Like I was calling him Point Yang. He's dropping dishes to Drummond <laughs> under the. Pe- it was ridiculous, and I'm like, if if that wasn't a fluke, and the dude actually has that much talent, then. You know, I hope Doc uh, keeps feeding him. I mean, he kind of has to at this point with how many guys we're missing right now. So, you know, I want to see him get more minutes because we've been needing a guy off the bench that can be like, you know, at least somewhat of a difference maker for like years now. You know what I mean? This this guy is different. And yeah, his, Andre Drummond said that the Sixers upgraded him from minivan, which someone in the chat said he named himself that up to Sprinter van. And it was so crazy. He was literally getting MVP chance last night. Like <laughs> this, this city being toxic, right? We're out here cheering for a guy yeah. that never played for our team. We're out here giving George Niang MVP chance. Come on, man. Like you said, players know in this city. They know when they play here. Yeah, there's so much love in the in the building. It's never toxic. The only people that say that don't go to games, don't go to Philly. They've never yeah. they don't even I don't know where they're from. Yeah, and I'm I'm gonna let Romp go, but the only other thing I want to say is like when I watch George Niang, the thing that strikes me most about him is how smart of a player he is. He doesn't force any shots. He literally knows his role. He catches. He shoots. Mm-hmm. He plays defense. Mm-hmm. They said he got better at defense. He can play make. And like you said, he's a dog. When he went at mm-hmm. Dame Lillard yesterday, I think he had three back to back to back and ones. <laughs> and he's going right at Dame, flexing on him. And then he, uh, on the other end, he, he hit the ball off someone's knee. It went out of bounds. I mean, that, this guy literally elevated. Gave me Corey Brewer vibes, honestly. Georges Niang is a basketball player. And we've been missing, like, basketball players who just do a little bit of everything. And he's got that dog mentality. Like, he's not afraid of anyone. It's just that when he was on the Jazz, I mean, they just used him as a spot-up shooter. And sometimes um, players are going to have that role in the NBA where they don't get to fully show what they're capable of. Like, I don't know if you guys saw him at Iowa State, but he was like the LeBron James at Iowa State. He did everything. Now, I didn't expect him to do everything with the Sixers, so I got to hand it to NFT Daryl Morey. I got to hand it to (laughs) Doc Rivers for allowing this to happen. Um, But... I'm going to transition to the starting lineup thing. I would start him tomorrow just because I feel like we need that guy in the lineup that is going to provide energy right away. Because I think if you start, because I believe Furkan started yesterday. Um, If you start Furkan, I feel like we could kind of come out lackadaisical. Well, if you start Niang 
instead um, in the Tobias role. He's going to come out, play hard-nosed defense, and set the tone early. So I would start him tomorrow because I feel like we need that energy boost right away, and he will provide that. Yeah, drop drop your starting lineup. What would you do as starting lineup tomorrow with Tobias out and Danny Green out? Drop it in the chat. DJ, what would you do tomorrow? I think he has to start Yang at the at the at the four, right? He was playing a lot of five last night, wasn't he? But I think he uh, Yang is is a perfect uh, stretch four to to play next to Joel Embiid. Uh, he's literally the prototypical stretch four, and then he's not just that one dimensional stretch four that. You know, okay, he's not open. Oh no, he's gonna dribble the ball. What's gonna happen? <laughs> there's been it's just been there's been so many players like that on this team for so long. It's like please don't dribble, just get rid of it. But he's a guy that can put it on the floor and make a play. And like you said, he doesn't turn it over. He he was so impressive last night, and I I think you have to start him. Um, I didn't really get a chance to think about like the top of the lineup. Uh, Maxi Seth with Danny out too. What do you do at the small forward position? Um, Jeez. I guess, and then, I mean, if you do, then, you know, yeah, at least there's only one guy on the floor that can't shoot. Um, So, yeah, I'd probably go Matisse, uh, see how that works for the first couple minutes of the game, and then just, uh, you know, call it by ear and roll with it. I think that's what Doc would do. I I think it's going to be Maxi, Curry, and then Furkan at the three, and then Niang at the four, and Joel at the five. So I do think uh, Niang's going to play in the starting lineup. However, what I will say, in my opinion, I'm almost scared to move this guy to the starting lineup. Why? Because I feel like next to Joel Embiid and plus moving him in a different role, like I don't want to take, you know, like when someone's hot, you don't want to take them off what they're doing. You want to just allow them to feast. But unfortunately, we are down players, so I get it. Um, I would honestly think about going Maxi Curry, Furkan, and either Thibel or Isaiah Joe and just putting all shooters, or maybe even Shake Milton or someone like that. Because, by the way, Shake's another one we didn't even talk about. Three games now, double digits. Shake's been the aggressive Shake. Um, uh-huh. If you wanted to just put all shooters or maybe like another defensive piece like Isaiah Joe or Matisse in the starting line, <laughs> I would be all right with that too. But I do think Niang fits it perfectly. But I am a little worried about who's going to come off the bench and play the four. Yeah, Shake's look Shake's been looking great. And when you when you talk about uh Maxi and like what we what we talk about he can't do or he needs to learn how to do and then Doc Rivers trying to get him to be a facilitator and all that stuff. And it's like Shake Milton came in and like minute number one, he threw like a bullet pass into the paint. And I was like, whoa. And it was like, oh my God, that like that playmaking from the point guard position is something that we missed so much with him out. And it's like you know, I almost need to apologize to Shake Milton because I didn't realize how much he just slows the game down. He controls it when it's crazy. He gets the ball. He runs a pick and roll. It's like you need that kind of player. Uh, I don't know if I still don't know who like who's the starter, Maxi or him. But either way, you know, you got two guys that you can run back and forth in two separate units. So um, I was talking about Shake. Is that what you asked me about? Maybe I forgot the original question. I, I was just as, I was telling you guys my thought for the starting lineup. And I feel like George Niang is so comfortable, like just feasting against bench players. Like this guy is his confidence level is on top of the world, you know. And I would I would just hate for him to start and not get a lot of touches because obviously he's gonna be the dominant type of guy. But unfortunately, Tobias is out and Danny's out. So it's like you probably are gonna have to start him. That's true. Could you see an actual you said Isaiah Joe? Somebody else in the chat just said Isaiah Joe. Could you actually see Isaiah Joe? We're getting a lot of starting. Difference. I could no. see it. 
I could as a three and D or or a Matisse. I like, love him, but Doc, Doc doesn't give him the opportunity. I don't see him giving the opportunity no. now either. S- save Isaiah Joe for the bench and save Furkan for the bench <laughs> because Furkan can create lo- so many looks for Isaiah Joe. Like Furkan's averaging three point three assists off the bench. Like people are <laughs> underrating his playmaking ability. That's what really is getting the um um the second unit going. Like he can get into the lane and he can make that pass to Niang so many times. Like he's setting up Niang for a lot of open looks. If you put Isaiah Joe in the second unit, he's gonna have a lot of open threes tomorrow. Um so Furkan and Shake is a nice duo we got going on if both of them play with confidence. So you're saying Furkan on the second unit. So would yeah. you think about Shake and uh Maxi together in the starting lineup or no? Now I'm putting Maxi, I'm putting Matisse in the starting lineup because I don't even notice his offensive flaws without Ben Simmons. I'm gonna be real. Like I haven't I barely notice his offensive flaws. Like every now and again, I'll be like, oh damn, he sucks offensively. But his defense <laughs> has been so good this year. And when you don't have Ben Simmons, it's fine. Plus, you're gonna have Seth Curry shooting 60% from three. And then you put Niang, who can stretch the floor as well. Um, Maxi will take a jumper here and there. Um, and bead. So like I, I would put Matisse in the starting lineup because and I would put him on DeMar DeRozan or Zach Levine just to get them out of the flow of things. <laughs> Yo, he feasts against Zach Levine. He locked them up in high school. He locked them oh, up yeah, three times in the NBA. Every time you put Matisse on Zach Levine, I don't know. He's just that's the one player that he has. He has it out for. He literally puts him to sleep every time. So I agree with that. Um. And Kesa, we'll get to this in one second. We'll transition. But shout out to Seth with the $2 Super Chat. Says Maxi Chef Curry, Mighty Joe in the starting lineup. <laughs> he calls him Mighty, Mighty Joe, Joe Young. Uh, Niang and M Beast. I love it. I think MB is going to have a really good game. I do. I think it, if 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 uh, Niang next to Embiid, you know, looks great, man. You might have to explore a Ben and Tobias package at the trade deadline. Can we can we just, just throw it out there? Can we just acknowledge the um, positivity of this Sixers Takeover podcast? Yeah, I apologize to Daryl Morey and Doc Rivers. And DJ <laughs> Eastwood apologizes to Shake Millen, and we're apologizing to people. I need, I need to, I need to apologize to Furcon at least so far too, because when you said people <laughs> under people underrate his playmaking, uh, it's been it's been insanely impressive at least so far. Because I like I'm watching him. It's not just like one. He's making multiple reads. You know what I mean. He's coming around a, a screen and like not just watching the roll man. If the if the weak defense helps, he's making the skip pass. Like he's really making point guard type of plays. And I'm like, really? Is this? Did I miss this somewhere? Where did this come from? But I'm happy it's here. Yeah, I also apologize to Furcon because he's <laughs> been rock solid. That guy has been it, and he looks like a playmaker. He looks like a natural playmaker. Um, but yeah, it's. In terms of Doc Rivers, like, in my opinion, like, the thing that stood out to me most was how he didn't choke back-to-back leads in the fourth quarter. Like, he finally <laughs> learned his lesson, and uh, he was shorthanded and, and got it done. And in terms of Daryl Morey, you know, these pickups, I mean, $3 million for George Niang, right? How about We didn't even talk about Seth Curry that much. Like, can we, just for one second before we talk about this, can we talk about how consistent this guy is? Like, did, Seth Curry's the man. I'm sorry, he's just so good. good. He's good. And he'll uh-huh. be good. He's a curry. Um, he's confident. He's just, I don't even know how to explain it. He's the perfect third option on this team right now. And it's just every time he shoots the ball now, I'm like, it's going in. 
it's uh, going, it, it looks too good. It looks too good. And I love his confidence and just his swag. And he just like, he just, he steps back and shoots it and just stares at the opponent's bench. And just like, he just has so much cockiness. It's great because it's, it's, I feel like he forever has a chip on his shoulder because his brother's one of the best players to ever play, I guess. You know what I mean? It's every game. He's like, I got to remind people again that I can play too. You know what I mean? And then going into Portland and it's like, uh, they want CJ on the team. They want this. They want that. I got to show them again. I can get 23. I can shoot the ball. Uh, so yeah, I think he plays with a chip on his shoulder and his shot is just when he's open, it's going in. It's the most perfect shot I've ever seen. It really one, one of them. It really is. And he did it's this awesome. same thing last year until he went out with the virus and then he lost his whole mojo, you know, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, a guy shooting like 50, 60% from three. He's, you know, he's putting up what 16 a game. Like this is the perfect role for him. This every guard similar to his prototype just excels next to a guy like Joel Embiid. Every uh-huh. single guy, and it's the perfect fit. So I'm loving it. Um, now in terms of what Kcell said, you know, Rob said the the attitude has been positive, and it has been. So unfortunately, we got to take a twist here for a little bit. You guys brought it. We didn't bring it up. Right when right, right when Rob said it was positive, I said trade Tobias Harris. So I, t- I already took it off a cliff. So go there ahead. There you go. And, and now we're about to go down another <laughs> dark road. So ASO, the super chat, we appreciate it. it. says, did you guys see the latest report on ESPN 2-5 refusing to keep Sixers brass in the loop with his mental health? You guys go first. Uh. Well, I got corrected on Twitter, okay, by, you know, the people that really know the facts, which are the random people on Twitter with 12 followers. They know all of the facts and not ESPN or anybody like that. Um, He's seeing health professionals just not hired by the Philadelphia 76ers. I don't know. Take that for what you will, I guess. Uh, He's just, listen, it's it's the same thing as, as, as when he first came back. He's just trying to get paid. That's all. He's trying to do everything he can to get paid without playing for this team. And he tried, he tried the the jackass approach in the beginning. Show up to practice, act like a jerk, jog around with a phone in your pocket, don't participate, and he got kicked out. So that didn't work. So he's like, all right, I got to do something else here. I'll say my back is tight. I'll say I'm seeing a therapist and I'm working on it. And they'll say, okay, we'll pay you as long as you're working on it. And then a couple of weeks go by, and the Sixers are like, yo, Ben, are you gonna work on it forever? Or like, you're gonna come back at some point? Like, we need a timeline here. And he's not even communicating to management when they can expect him to be back. So I, I, there's not much more for me to say on it. I'm so over this guy and this situation. I mean, just get rid of him at this point or, or or pay him to stay home and let's just keep the chemistry going and then trade him at the trade deadline. Do not, whatever you do, don't let this team <laughs> yeah, build don't. chemistry and then inject this, Please, stick no. a dynamite into the middle of it. Like, do not inject this double-edged sword into the middle of the locker room when they're all having fun and playing good. Like, I think it's going to be a disaster if they try to do that. Just trade them for role players. I don't care. Anything. Anything. Please, get them away. I'm sick of that dude. <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> I've also changed my stance here. Um, like, like DJ said, like, please keep this guy as far away. Like, I will literally pay this guy. We can start a GoFundMe to keep this guy away from the street because <laughs> we, what we have going right now is magical. Okay. It is special. Now, I know it's not a finished product, but it is 10. Like, it's like I said earlier, it's actually fun to watch yes. the scene. And, you know, this guy, <laughs> you know what he's thinking at this point? Obviously, he wants to get paid, 
I think we can all kind of say here, you know, he's working out with the Sixers in their facility. He's talking to some people. We won't talk to others. Now there's growing tension because he won't accept what they're trying to offer. This is such a disgusting situation. Okay, get this guy out of here. And here's my hot take for you guys. I don't think the guy plays more than three years for the rest of his career. I don't think I think he's going to be out of the league in three years. I think he is truly in a dark place. So I, I hope he finds what makes him happy. But it's not basketball because I'm look, man, if you look, just think about it as a competitor, right? I'm sure we've all played sports before or like you've done something where you're like your hunger comes out, right? You're seeing your team go out here and eat right now. Like this squad looks good. You're telling me you don't have one urge to get on the court. You're acting like you're going to go to somewhere else that's going to be better than this team. Come on, man. He doesn't want it. He does. And now I'm officially done. Don't ever bring him back to this team. Uh, these guys and I, you know, one last thing, I think they're motivated because of it, too. I think they don't give a crap. They're like, all right, let's go out here and prove something. Everybody was talking about us, right? They're like, these these guys can't do anything without the star. Well, guess what? We're out here balling right now. Yeah, Ben's main focus since day one has been Ben Simmons, and that's it. And it's it's been evident. It's been clear since college days. It's been clear since the beginning of his NBA days. It's way more clear right now. I don't even think he knows the Sixers are winning. I don't even think he watches the games. I don't. I literally don't think he cares at all. Uh, and it's just one of those things. He doesn't have it. He was gifted, but he doesn't want to play basketball. Uh, I really think that's it. You know, I would have killed somebody when I was young to be able to dunk on somebody in the NBA and scream and have the fans cheer. Like that's just something some at most basketball fans like would dream of. And he just doesn't. He doesn't care. So that's just how he is. You know, you can't. I mean, I guess I can't hate the guy for for taking money and sucking at basketball, but <laughs> I, I want him to go away for sure. Yeah, there's no way, no way he plays a game again for this team. No way at all. Um, to read some of these super chats, uh, Seth with a two dollar super chat, gotta watch Dorkmas. He'll trick you guys. Go two for thirty. <laughs> Dorkmas. Uh, Dork. Here we go. Why do you have to go Dorkmas on us, man? Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Look, he's I, a dork. I'm not gonna lie. I never heard that name before, man. I said last night he look he, he looks like he's gonna trip over his own feet all the time. Like I just it's just how he looks to me. Bro, he thinks I love him. Way, he thinks he's way too good. It's just I love him. It's Did you so see that funny. Picture, uh with the city edition jersey where he had the foam finger on. <laughs> yeah. like, he just, he's a funny dude, man. Like he is a funny dude. He's a funny dude. He doesn't uh, try though. Prince is trolling us. Real time with Prince says, I thought this was a Flyers podcast. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> Fly, there, there's flyers podcasts we would do that <laughs> might as well start one prince might as well, I mean, <laughs> well probably get all the uh two five stands who might not watch his team anymore but uh shout out to him uh rick bennett with the super chat thank you rick says you dudes mentioned sixers need to work on things what exactly and how do they fix it all right Rump, go I, ahead i can go i can go off take it away coach. all right number one Tobias Harris and Joel Embiid need to dribble less and just more ball movement, mostly Tobias Harris. And honestly, um, trading Tobias Harris would not be a bad option, in my opinion. But he's doing well, so I won't be too mad at him. Um, number two, can we post up Embiid a little closer to the rim? Like, I, I know I'm going to sound like a boomer right now, but goddamn, <laughs> we do not do that enough. It's ridiculous. I'm sick of this posting him up from the three-point line. I, I understand it's the new NBA, but sometimes we do it, 
And it's like, oh my God, that was so easy. Why don't we do it more often? Like post them closer mm-hmm. to the rim. Why don't we do that? Um, number three, use Seth Curry and Tyrese Maxey more. Tyrese Maxey, whenever he gets a pick and roll, something good happens, but we don't really we're making him more of a facilitator, and he's doing really well in his role, by the way. She's still putting up points and very efficiently. And Seth Curry, he should he should be getting um probably like 10 less more shots than Tobias Harris. But right now, like Tobias has way more shots than him. So I feel like we got to use Seth Curry more. Those are my things. Uh, Before DJ goes, I just want to say, I know people like, first off, your point about Joel spot on, because I've been saying this every game that he's been in. Now he did confirm himself. He said that his knee has been bothering him. And that's why he's been, you know, not being as aggressive. I actually don't think that makes sense because, you know, he's catching the ball up top and he's trying to do more work that, you know, some possession mm-hmm. to get down. It's like just, you know, every time you catch it down below the basket, one dribble turn, you're either getting fouled or you're you're getting a bucket. That's what you did last year. You almost won the MVP. So we got to get back to that. In terms mm-hmm. of Tobias, I feel like Tobias is giving us exactly what we asked for, What exactly what we expect. We don't expect this guy to be a max player. He gives it, I literally say every night, I'm like, all right, 20 to 22. Sometimes it's 23, sometimes it's 19. But 20 to 22 is literally Tobias Harris. But if every other player, like you said, if Maxi can be aggressive, we, that's all we need. That's all we need. So that's what I'll say. Yeah, and I'll say uh, what, it, what uh, the Joel Embiid thing, he, he hasn't looked strong in the post, you know. I think he does more He does more work when he gets it from the top. But when he gets under the basket, the, the couple games ago, I forget who we were playing, uh, he just didn't look strong at all under there, and he missed a couple wide-open layups even because he hardly got off the floor. So it's like I think that's why he was shying away, like when he really tries to power dribble and go hard, his knees and knee hurts. So um, what do we need to fix? Uh, consistency. That's really all it is, man, because, you know, it's been a roller coaster in just five games. We got absolutely stomped by the Knicks, and everybody looked bad, and then we come back, and now it's like everybody's good. So I just want consistency um, and everybody to keep playing a role and and – the, the moving the ball and less ISO. Joel Embiid ISOs are one thing. He can beat a lot of people. Tobias Harris ISOs, I'm not interested in ever at all unless it's on the block and he's doing his little fadeaway jump shot. So the the Knicks game, it was a lot of a lot of ISO at the perimeter and it ended up with Tobias Harris with the shot clock running down and it gave me Brett Brown vibes. Um, so just moving the ball, being quick, and and Tobias taking the ball and making a move. Or, and if the move's not there, just move the ball again, you know, playing team ball, man. That's all. Yeah. And, and one more thing I would add is that, you, you know, sometimes we go in these little droughts and we turn over the ball a little bit too much. But I, I expect Maxi to get better with that. I feel like he kind of moves a little bit too quick for himself sometimes. And, you know, even Furkan or maybe Shake, like they just turn it over a little bit too much sometimes. Or even Joel. But – I think it'll just come with the chemistry. Other than that, I'm liking what I'm seeing. So that's pretty much what we got on that. Shout out to Aaron for the $20 super chat. We appreciate that. Says on DJ's idea of trading Tobias with the size of his contract. Don't think we can get the same or better value in return. He's not just a 20 point per game scorer. He's an improved passer and defender as well as the top leader on the team. I've seen a lot of leadership from him. What do you guys think? Yeah, I agree. I mean, I feel like I'm a, I am a little too hard on Tobias, but at the same time, it's like, it's just simple things that he could fix and he would be like a way better basketball player. But I don't think, um, Doc Rivers has the balls <laughs> to tell him to 
dribble less and just just be more assertive. I'm not saying he can't dribble, but like sometimes he just he tries to back people down and it ruins the flow of the offense. Like just make yeah. a move and go. When he's assertive, that's when he's good. And he's playing really well and I'm proud of him, but he also pisses me off. So no, I, I, don't I know. think I'm in the middle with the bias. I think Doc uh has said that to him a lot. And and I remember when Doc first came here and they asked him, like, how did you fix Tobias Harris? Because like the first month of the season it was like oh my god doc fixed tobias harris and he said exactly what you just said he said he what last year he wasn't doing what it what he's best at what he did uh with the clippers is get the ball going downhill and make a quick move and so i think doc really uh like got that into his head last year just take the ball and make a move and if it's not there pass it or you know whatever and he may have got away of gotten away from it recently in those in those couple of games where we got a lot of tobias iso ball but I think Doc got back on him and said, "Listen, man, you, you're the best when you're when you're going downhill and making a quick decision." And last game, um, he looked like that. He didn't play last game because of the health and safety protocol. But yeah, yeah. And and another thing I would add is that he's averaging nine rebounds a game. So at least he's trying <laughs> to you know make impact in some type of way. But uh, I agree. I think Tobias. We we know what he is at this point, and you know. Eventually, maybe we'll get another piece back, but who knows? Who knows? So we're running with what we have. Um, Gossip Girl with the Super Chats is Jason Tatum would ruin your chemistry. Not worth it. Respect. Um, I, I just I don't know what's going to happen with the Celtics. I really don't. I think I think we might be overrating this a little bit where it's like we don't need any stars. You know, we have chemistry. We're going to conquer the world. Like at the end of the day, in the <laughs> NBA play in the NBA playoffs against great teams, you need a guy like Jason Tatum. You can give the ball to and he can score in the fourth quarter. So um I would not say no to Jason Tatum. And that that's actually a good point. Um I was gonna ask you guys that, but like you know, do like I still feel like we need another player. You know, especially when the playoffs come, we need someone with experience. What do you think, Rob? I mean I would rather Jalen Brown than Jason Tatum. Um I think we still need another player. I mean, we haven't got anything back for Ben Simmons. That's why I like that's my only gripe on Maury at this point. Like, dude, just make a trade. Like, cause we haven't we have a Ben Simmons hole in the team. You know what I'm saying? And we're still performing very well because Ben Simmons has a lot of flaws um next to Embiid and Tobias Harris. But on another team, if you put him um next to the right guys, he could be a great player. So I don't see a world where we don't get some good things in return, even though his um value has tanked a lot because of Maury, but I still think we're going to get back good things. Like because Ben Simmons is still a very <laughs> good player. If you surround him with the things he wants, because he's selfish. Yeah. I, I, I hope something happens. I really do. Mike, shout out to you for the super chat. We got Jimmy J. My God. <laughs> <laughs> With the $10 Super Chat says, here's a down payment on that bet. Congrats to the Sixers start, but don't get too happy. Don't pour dirt on my C's just yet. East is stacked. It's early. Now I'm going to go disappear for a month. Jimmy <laughs> J, you're down bad right now. You're down bad. Them Red Sox lost. The Celtics, I'm sorry, Jimmy J. I, you know, used to clown us, man. They stink. They're bad. They're they're trash. I mean, they're <laughs> disgusting, okay? And um, I do respect you, man, for owning up to your bet because he did bet. I think he What said, did he bet? I think he said Not if the Sixers yet. start off like better than the Celtics or something in like five games, he would super chat. So shout out to Jimmy J. I respect you for being a man, a man of your word. 
If I was a Celtics fan, I'd be pouring dirt on my own team's name because if the Sixers did, the Sixers have done it, uh, you know, before this whole uh, process started, not that the process has been great by any means. Like, I've been pouring dirt on the Sixers every day of my life for like the past 20 years. So, you know, it's okay. You can talk trash about your own team. They're not good. He said in the chat, too, he said, we'll give you Marcus Smart and whatever else for Ben Simmons. <laughs> oh, man, they're really down oh, you're bad. down bad. Oh, my God. They're asking for Ben Simmons. Oh man, I mean the fact that they're—I mean they—they they move their coach to their GM. They—they're playing Al Horford at the four. I mean it's just bad. It's bad. Um, but yeah, Celtics stink. But shout out to Jimmy J. Um, they do. Do you, who do you think is is when you say we need we need another player and like I like I said you know you need that guy in the fourth quarter in the playoffs. You're not gonna get it back in return for Ben Simmons. So like. We're still in this same situation. Like, who is it and how do we get him? Let me ask you guys this. Just say, like, someone like a Blazers or a Wizards comes to us, right? And they're like, all right, we'll take 2-5. We'll take uh, Thibel. We'll take Maxi, or, or just someone like that, like a combination of a couple of them. What, what do you guys say to that? We'll take Seth Curry. What do you guys think? For who? Like, maybe a, a star. Another For star. Dame? Ben I, and I, Seth Curry, I, you said? I was listening to someone, and he, he uh, this guy was pretty much saying how, like, nobody, like, there's a significantly less available free agents after this year. Like, it's going to be a weak free agent class. Guys are signing extensions. Like, there's really not many guys out there. So, it's either, a you know, like, a Dame or a Beal, but I just don't see those guys leaving. But I'm just saying, just hypothetical. Or you the, can the, substitute any player you want. The Wizards actually might have saved the the Beal thing because they put some talent on the team. You know, um, I don't know if that makes them a contender, but Spencer Dinwiddie looks pretty pretty good so far, and even Kyle Kuzma's like at least scoring. That's more than the Wizards have had for a long time. So I think Beal's out of the question for now too. But I I would do it. It just I'm just gonna say yes, like straight up. Like I was just in, and this is why I don't go in there. I was just in Sixers 24 seven yesterday. It, I, I open Facebook and it's there, and I get a good laugh. But somebody said. Would you trade Ben and Maxi and a first for Jalen Brown? And all of the comments were, were no, no, no way. We're we're not we're not going to give up our depth. We're not going to give up our young guys. We're not going to give up this, this, or this. Like, you wouldn't do it. I would do that in an instantly. Oh my god, that's what I'm saying. Dude. I was like, what are you guys talking about? You wouldn't Jaylen do that. Brown. And it's oh yeah, and it's god. it's a. Uh, those groups are full of people that watch one team and they don't actually watch the rest of the NBA because they just, you know, what, what there was a, there was a Zach Ertz for, uh, uh, who was a top wide receiver in the league at the time. I don't remember, but people were like, no, we're not trading Ertz. Like that's just how they are in there. But, uh, yeah, I would say yes. I would do it for Jalen Brown right now. Like I would do it for Dame, uh, CJ. I wouldn't give up Maxi and a first, but I would give up Ben and a first for CJ right now. What do you what do you guys think about this? I'm I'm sensing the Mavericks are gonna just suck and really struggle. And I think they're gonna be like, uh, we need another star next to Luca. And they're gonna be like, oh, we could fix Ben Simmons. So we trade Ben for Tim Hardaway Jr., Jalen Brunson, Reggie Bullock, and then we get some picks. So like just three solid role players and a, and like two first round picks. Would you guys do that? 
I, th- I think it depends on who's available. Like, if I'm the Sixers, the teams that I'm really targeting are, like, maybe the Timberwolves and the Kings right now. Uh, but if all those teams are just like, no, we're not getting rid of any of our guards, then if it gets to the trade deadline, then I'm doing something because I'm not keeping this guy all year. Yeah, the trade deadline has to be the final straw, but <laughs> apparently Daryl Morey said this could take four years. So uh, if he if he really meant that, I don't know what his plan is in four years. But why did I don't think he really... sign that extension? The Pacers stink. I'll say this: I would rather do a deal where we get a a buttload of things rather than doing a deal unless it's for Damian Lillard or Bradley Beal. I, I don't want to deal where we're giving up Ben and something else. Unless it's like a you know, like Isaiah uh, no, not Isaiah Joe, Paul Reed and like Charles Bassey or Jaden Springer. Those players can be involved. But if it's like Ben Simmons and Tyrese Maxey and Matisse Thibel, or like Ben and Tyrese for like a Brogdon type player, Karis Levert type player, I don't want to do that. I'd rather just do Ben Simmons and a bunch of quality role players. So we just stack up just quality players next to Tobias and Joel Embiid. That's just my opinion, though. Yeah, I'm wrong. That might be that might be the only option that we end up with at the trade deadline. You know, because like I said, when you talk about these stars, it doesn't seem like any of them are about to be available anyway. Yeah, maybe maybe a team like the Spurs who are struggling. Um, I don't know. It's going to be Ooh, tough, man. Dejounte Murray's looking nice. It would. Ha- I mean. Well. It's just because, like, again, like the free agent class this year is going to be weak. And I mean, our time, you know, we got to capitalize, man. Um, and DeJounte Murray's only 25 years old, so he's going to improve. Yeah. Yeah. Or even like, uh, what's it called? The Cavs, right? Like a Colin Sexton or Garland or a package like that. Well, oh, Gar- Garland's so nice. I'm hoping Ooh. the Timberwolves plummet. That's what I'm hoping for. But I went. I didn't. You reminded me of the Cavs. It has to be the Cavs. They haven't had anything to talk about in such a long time since LeBron left the second time. They're gonna bail. They're gonna bail. They're gonna say, "All right, fine. We're gonna get Ben Simmons. At least that's a guy that we could sell to this fan base and say, look what he can do and show all of his rookie highlights.' You know, Uh, I just they haven't had anything to talk about for a long time. Yeah. And honestly, the people in Cleveland might not even know the Ben Simmons situation because in Ohio, when the Cavaliers stink, they all stop watching basketball. It's not a basketball state. They might not even know. They might think they they trade for him. They might think they got LeBron 2.0. Yeah, yeah they might as well, honestly. Um, it's going to be interesting, though. We definitely have to make something happen before the trade deadline. Uh, Daniel with the Super Chat, shout out to you, says, what do you guys think about Drummond so far? You know what I think. This guy's fantastic. I knew it when we signed him. I was like, this guy's going to be a backup. He's 28 years old. He's going to thrive. And he's just a man. So, like, that's all I can say. He's just, he looks slim. He looks good. And he's just, he does everything. He he averages 11 rebounds in the first quarter of a game. Like, <laughs> makes his impact felt right away. That's all I got to say about him. Yeah, it almost sucks that he's, that he, you know, when Embiid's healthy, he's only going to get to play, like, you know, 12, 15 minutes. And that's why he's not going to be here next year. Somebody in the chat said, hopefully we can keep him again. Like, there's just no way he's going to take a starting job and he's going to get three years, you know, whatever. He's going to get a lot of money that he missed out on last season playing for the Cavs and the Lakers and whatever else. So 
you know, he's not going to be here. He's not stupid. He's going to take a big paycheck. Uh, he looks amazing. And I say it all the time. I didn't watch a lot of Andre Drummond in his career outside of him be trolling him and stuff, but just watching him play is ridiculous. He, he moves so well for how big he is. He floats around the court and his hands are magnets to the ball. He beats, he leads the league in rebounding all the time, not just because of his size. Like he's literally a very, very good rebounder. It's instincts. He just floats to right where the ball goes all the time. It's really fun to watch. I don't think I've enjoyed watching somebody rebound as much as Andre Drummond. Like that's not a thing you look for. It's just fun to watch him rebound. I don't know. He dominates it. Yeah. He's 10 times better than Dwight Howard. I'll tell you that. He's really good. Um, and he has passing ability. They talked to him about that last night because he had seven assists again. And he's like, I've been doing that my whole career. You guys just don't pay attention. <laughs> Dude, he's a monster. Maybe he's right. He is. Mikey with a super chat. Shout out to you, man. Uh, green to the bench. Trade for a point guard or let Maxi grow with starter minutes. We need a true second star type player because Tobias isn't that. That's actually a really good point. Think about this. I, I used to talk about Curry going to the bench and Danny moving back to the two. What about Danny Green to the bench? Um, because shout out to the dude on Twitter that hit me up earlier. He said he's been like a light fixture. <laughs> and like this guy, <laughs> I mean, he's literally has no impact on the game right now. Now he's can I, just, can I just be honest? Yeah, go ahead. I, I would just cut Danny Green right now. You're yeah. right about yeah, you're right about him not having any impact. He, he's just kind of there in the corner. Um, he's doing things that tons of NBA players can do, catch and shoot. Nothing else, really. His defense hasn't Andrew's been better. Here, the point I agree. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, we keep thinking about trading for a point guard, right? What if we were to trade for a forward? What if we were to keep Maxi, let Seth play to two, move Danny to the bench? And what have we been missing forever? Obviously, a point guard, but I've, I feel like we haven't had a small forward in a long time. Like, yeah. Robert Covington, that guy didn't even take a shot last night in 20 minutes. Um, <laughs> Two five never became that. What if we trade for a forward? What if we start thinking, okay, Tyrese can be that dog. Now we bring in a, a wing or something like that. It might be true. A big wing that can that can you know like uh, play basketball, pass, dribble, and shoot. Uh, that would be nice. Do you guys, um, from what you've seen thus far, do you think um, Tyrese Maxey can be a point guard? Because like. I'm extremely impressed with how he's doing in this role. Like he's, he's literally like taking a back seat to Joel Embiid, to Tobias Harris, to Seth Curry. He's literally the fourth option in the starting lineup. And he just had seven assists um, last night. He had six assists against the Pistons, five assists against the Pelicans. Like, and he's scoring 15 points still efficiently mm-hmm. and taking the three point shot when it's there. And I don't know about you guys, whenever he misses, it's a good miss. In my opinion, I don't mind the shot either. Like this dude deserves a lot of like praise for where they're putting him and how he's achieving. Like, like he's just doing really well in a limited role. Like if they gave him more scoring opportunities, I'm telling you, he would be averaging like 19 points. Yeah, and at his age to throw him in there like that, and it's it's a lot to learn on the fly, you know, and that's why the first game or two, I was like, man, I don't know if this dude can put but it was like, dude, it's it's the first two games of him trying to learn this whole thing of, like what you said, knowing when to score and knowing when to uh, take a backseat to everybody else. So it's a balance. It's something that he's learning slowly, and the good thing is when 
he does have the opportunities to score. He's a scorer. You know what I mean? So you, you those he's a fourth option, but he can get a bucket if you if they if they leave him open. So it's a perfect role for him. Yeah. And to add on to that, like I feel I feel like he's getting smarter by the game. And something you said earlier is defense. Like I oh, didn't expect yeah. him to play defense like this. He's shutting down Trey Young. He's shutting down Lillard. Uh he's not biting as much. He's not, you know, he's not committing as as many bad fouls. He does have a bit of stretches where he gets turnovers, but I I like him a lot and I want to keep letting him expand his role to be honest, but yeah, we have, we have a lot of talent to work with. We definitely do. Um but yeah, our team our team is stacked right now and guys get their roles. That's the best part about it. Um nobody I, I feel like nobody is too selfish on this team. Like I feel like they really feel like a team now. It's weird. Like we were the one seed last year, but at times it was almost like we had games that were so awful. And it was like, what the heck? Yeah. Like, we were the one seed and it got masked. I'm not lying. I'm not going to lie to you. I was lying all last season. I was not impressed the entire time. You know what I mean? And I don't want to sit up here on YouTube and constantly be like, listen, guys, we beat this team without three other players. We beat this team without four other players. We beat this team and this team. It was like, Hard the whole season, you hardly got a a, comp, a competitive game where everybody was playing because of the the COVID thing was in its like, you know, in its prime. Um, it seems like it won't end. Tobias Harris is dealing with it right now. I don't know. Do you did you guys hear like what that is, how it happened, or who he came in contact with, or anything like that? No clue. Nah, but I I I was uh, worried about the fact of he might have been around other players too, but people. People don't like ever take into account like Ben Simmons was probably like hated in the locker room. Like I, I'm sure they didn't personally hate him, but like he's a max contract player. He refuses to improve on his game. And then when his um terrible like terribleness shows up in the playoffs, he comes to the press conference and he says, that's who I am. And that's your max contract leader doing that like that's gonna in the locker room whether they want to admit it or not like Joel Embiid always had in the back of his mind when he was playing oh Ben Simmons he's not gonna shoot so I have to do more Tobias Harris mm -hmm. had that in the back of his mind Danny Green I'm sure too every player had that in the back of their mind and yes that does affect the the chemistry Absolutely. now we got a bunch of players who want to prove that they belong in the league George Niang Tyrese Maxey, Shake Milton, Furkan Korkmaz. Like, you're seeing those guys give effort every single night because they're trying to prove that they belong in the league. Look at the Lakers. No one they, no one gives a damn to play hard because Russell Westbrook has proven himself. Anthony Davis has too, LeBron James. And then you got a guy like Austin Reeves who's been a great player for them because he hasn't proven anything. He's just going in there and playing. And that's a very underrated aspect in the NBA and you need to find those players and try to insert them on your team because like players who have proven themselves, they're not going to give as much energy as someone like Georges Niang. You know what I'm saying? I yeah. agree 100%. And what I will say, honestly, like I think we're all just talking about the fact that this team has an insane level of chemistry and it's come earlier than we expected. Honestly, it, you know, I know our bench wasn't as good as it is right now, but if you threw this lineup against the Hawks last year, let's be honest, we probably win that series four to two. Like 
this squad, like just the way things are flowing. Like I never, I, I realized it, but when you watch this team play, it's like, wow, like we actually have a point guard now. Like the ball doesn't just hit one spot in the offense and it's like, all right, we're done that possession, you know? Uh-huh. Like, <laughs> and- I, I feel like, sorry, I feel like a lot of two fives, like um, advancements to the offense were all in the transition. But when that court, it's like, this is actually fun. Yes, exactly. Listen, I'm willing to blame everything on Ben Simmons. And when you talk about (laughs) we're not blowing leads like we were in the past couple of years, we blew leads all those years because of Ben Simmons. Because it was easy to defend. And we tried it over and over and over. When the offense went stale, it was the same thing. Here's Ben at the top of the key. They're guarding him with a damn center. 20 feet away under the basket. It makes no sense. Nothing can work right because now we're trying to run off screen so they can come and get the ball because he needs to hand it to somebody. It was a disaster. I'm I'm so glad it's over. And this is what you get when that that cog in the in the half court offense is gone. I wanna I wanna read you guys one more thing, right? How about this? The free throw percentages for our team. Joel, 83%. Tobias, 90%. Steph Curry, 82%. Tyrese Maxey, 89%. Shake Milton, 100%. Burke on 93%. George Niang, 83%. Andre Drummond, 89%. Andre Drummond, 89%. Like, That's surprising. We're getting to the line. We're knocking down our shots. And, man, is it fun to see us go to the line and actually be able to hit free throws. I just wanted to put that uh-huh. out. And, and what Rob said about, you know, players feeling some type of way about Ben or, or not liking him, like, these are humans. You know what I mean? They really are. These are people. And you know, year one, two players that are on the team were hanging out at wherever they were. And they were like, yo, why won't this guy shoot the ball? You know what I mean? Like, they talk about this stuff every oh, day. True. Like, Joel Embiid's probably telling teammates for years, like, I'm so sick of this dude, man. He won't do this. He won't do that. Now I'm dealing with this. Now he's probably so tired of this guy. And not just Embiid. You know, players don't say it to the media, but it's definitely well known and definitely talked about in private for years. And that's why Ben sticks to himself. You don't ever see him hanging out with anybody. He's just he is who he is. And it is what it is. Yep. Just like he said. Seth with the super chat. Appreciate it. it says think the leadership between Ben and Joe made this team not have chemistry. Now that two fives going, the chemistry is special. Very special, y'all. I agree hundred percent. It's natural. We 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 predicted this to happen. I don't know if we expected it to click this early. Um, and it's still not going to be perfect. There's going to be times, and hopefully Tobias isn't out a lot of games because you know I want to I want to keep this flow going right here. There's going to be ups and downs. That's what happens during the season. Um, but it, it we're off to a good start, man. All right, hypothetical. Let me paint a picture for you guys and tell me how you would react. Ben gets traded. We eventually play against that team. Joel Embiid spin moves off of his defender. Ben comes over to help. What do you think happens? Like Joel Embiid would be so excited to be able to dunk on this guy. Uh, that would just be the climax of this whole situation if that would happen. I would I probably expect, like. And I, I expect Embiid gets in his face too. And he starts pumping up the fans. Oh my. I expect oh. No, I don't think Ben's ever played at Wells Fargo again. He's going to have an injury every single time. <laughs> well, he's going to have back tightness every time. Yeah. It's probably it's probably going to he's probably going to have an agreement with the team that he signs with, you know, hey, just so you know, this is in the contract when you play the Sixers, I have back tightness. 
Do you think whatever team he goes to when he walks in that new locker room, do you think they're going to have a respect for him? Do you think he's going to open up and say, hey, guys, I'm Ben. Nice to meet you. Um, I'm ready to get to work. Do you th- I don't think he's going to change his personality. I think he's going to be like this little quiet, hit away type of guy. That's just I feel like that's who he's always been. I don't think he's going to change. It's weird. He's he's a very unique individual. You know, the 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 staff at the practice facility said he's known for walking in and not saying hi to anyone. Like even before all this drama went down, he doesn't he doesn't say hi to the person that opens the door for him. He doesn't and the ladies like everyone else kind of says, Hey, how you doing? <laughs> That's just how he is. <laughs> he's like, I'm Ben Simmons, I'm here. Please get out of my way and clean the floor before I walk on it. And I, I used to give him credit, too, for never showing emotion because I was like, all right, this guy can handle his emotions in game. Now I come to realize, like, that's just who he is. You know, he'll slam on somebody. He'll do a little scream. But then the rest of the game, he's just straight faced. It's like, OK, all business. Um. Anyway, we'll get back and talk about this game a little more before we get off. Shout out to everybody. We got 330 in the chat. Shout out to everybody in here. Hope you guys are enjoying it. See a lot of positivity for once in the comments. It's nice. It's refreshing. This team is refreshing. Yes. I, it's ha- I'm happy. Like <laughs> it is, it is fun to talk. It's fun to talk about. Wow. We're having fun talking about the Sixers for the first time since the end of uh last year, I guess. Yeah, I, I love this team. Without Ben Simmons, oh my god. I, I just love Tyrese Maxey so much. And Seth Curry, Tobias Harris, and eh, eh, he's he's on my he, he's in the middle right now. I love Joel Embiid though. I, I just love everyone, man. Besides Tobias, but I I like that Tobias is willing to fail. Like he'll just keep shooting. That's what I like about Tobias. Tobias is going to keep doing him. Honestly, I'm 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 happy for Joel because like there really is no other Philly athlete I want to get a championship more than Joel. Like. Just like his entire story, his demeanor, like every time this guy talks, like my heart, I'm just like, I really want this for him. And uh-huh. the crap that he's been put through with this team. And like now he's out here and he's like, all right, let me let me go to work. You know what I mean? Um, and all he's done, he's handled this entire situation like a pro classy guy. Yes, he he's been way too nice the whole time. He should have been mean year one. He should have said, get this guy off my team. I need players that make sense that 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 can, you know, bring out the best in me. And now he wasted he wasted five years of his career trying to fit next to a guy that doesn't fit next to him. But yeah. we all lied to ourselves the whole time. Yeah, you did. You know. Um <laughs> oh yeah, before we talk about this matchup, one more thing. Can we get some Matisse Stiebel love? This guy has been going right. off the last two games. He I think he finally woke up. I was getting a little bit worried about Matisse. <laughs> Uh, he woke up, he had four steals and three blocks in like three and a half quarters, and then he had three <laughs> steals in the first quarter. Um, that guy will actually cut to the best as well. It's not it's not good, yes, but he'll actually it's not good. Actually, it's not good, but he will, yeah. He'll actually try. I mean he did hit a he, he hit a three, I think it was the other night. It looked pretty good, but I don't care, man. Like this guy on defense, he's a different breed. And now that he's not getting these stupid little touch fouls, okay. Uh He's he's dangerous. He's dangerous for the league. Any anytime you want to stop a guy from scoring, all right, Tease, come on, come on, go stop him. 
And, you know, that one night where he, he blocks the ball four rows into the stands and then he palms it with one hand. Like, who does that? <laughs> who does that? He blocked a jump shot from behind on top of the ball and just yeah. dribbled it like, like it. nothing ever happened. He was he was owning Cam Reddish. Um, my only thing about Matisse, um, I, I like how he's playing. And without Ben Simmons, I like him more. So I'm no longer a Matisse hater because I don't notice his offensive flaws. So I'm going to blame Ben Simmons for me hating Matisse because I barely notice his offensive flaws. And I enjoy him being out there. And his shots looking better. One one free throw. That one free throw. His form looked good, and his misses aren't that bad. Um, come playoff time, it's going to be interesting to see how teams play against him, and that's when we're really going to find out. Also, um, he smiles too much for me. I think um, a little less smiling, and I'll probably be more of a fan. I just don't like. He's always smiling. It's like, dude, you're playing basketball. You don't got to be smiling so much. And then also, I feel like he plays too aggressive sometimes on defense. Like, just st- just stay in front of the guy. You don't always got to go for the steal. And then that's mm-hmm. when he gets those fouls on three-pointers. Like, dude, you you have the athletic ability to stay in front of anyone. Just don't yeah, be did. so aggressive. Just chill. He did it on, he did it on CJ last night where he, he jumped at a pump fake uh, on, on the perimeter, and then CJ drove past him, and he, like, went for a chase down block and smacked him in the back of the head. And I'm like, God, Matisse, that's just what he does, man. He just never stops trying to block every single shot. He can get up too. I like he can actually throw it down in transition. Like I'm like, okay, yeah, he's Matisse, okay. Um, he's yeah, he's a freak athlete. He just doesn't know how to play basketball, so you don't see it that much. You know what I mean? Like if he really had like a two dribble kind of kind of jab step, he would dunk on everybody. Uh, you know, he's he's crazy athletic. Do you he guys just, notice the smiling thing, or is that just me? Like he's just like the nicest nice guy ever. Yeah, <laughs> it's just who he is. He's a nice guy. Um, he's so loving life, Romp. Let him let him love life. <laughs> let him love just going down the court, and being able to block. You see Niang smiling? I don't see Niang smiling. Niang's a different breed, man. Um, Matisse is averaging two two and a half steals a game in one point four blocks. Like it's just ridiculous. The guy gets like in how many minutes? It might be a best per thirty six of all time. Twenty two minutes a game. It's ridiculous, and I think he might be the one of the only players that his defense is actually so good that his offense doesn't matter. You know, there's not many players that like that. Like there's good defenders. There's not defenders that you say, Oh my God, look at this guy, man. Yeah. Yeah. Remember we were like, Oh, you can't play Matisse with Ben Simmons. You can't play Tyrese Maxey with Ben Simmons. You can't play Andre Drummond with Ben Simmons. Like your star players are supposed to be able to play with anyone. And Tobias Harris and Joel Embiid can play with any player no matter their flaws because they are role players they're gonna have flaws like that's that's insane that we were even saying that and it pisses me off Sixers are a deep team guys i didn't expect it to be like this we have some depth i still would like to add another bench score later in the year maybe but right now we are deep and shake millen he's playing well uh as well yeah we, we miss shake like crazy I think it's funny when you say Matisse smiles too much. I think, like, could you picture, could you picture Matisse Thibault dunking on somebody and like screaming in their face, or would he like pat him on the butt and be like, "Nice try, buddy. You'll get him next time." Both. <laughs> Both. Nah, he, I can't see him showing any type of like angry aggression. Probably he, hug him. He activates yeah. once in a while. He'll throw an f bomb at the refs. Like if he doesn't like a foul, or like if you know if it's like a terrible foul, he'll be like, "Come on, like what the f?" That's true. Matisse Thibault swears. You know he's angry. And then he goes right back to smiling, which is great. 
but um yeah man so anyway uh, about this game tomorrow what are what are your guys biggest matchup what do you think is the the main key matchup that you're looking at all right to it to win this game now it's going to be hard to win this game right if we lose this game i'm not sweating it because look who we have out but if we were to win this game somehow that would be a huge statement and our i believe we are home right is it our last home game or are we on the road? Yeah, we're at home. Yeah, we're at home. And then we go on the road for two games. We play them again on Saturday. Um, so we go back-to-back, home on the road. We we go on the road, then we fly and play a game the next day? Yes, to Detroit. And then it's we go to Chicago. Schedule. Yeah, and I think we have – we're playing six games in nine days. We played one yesterday, and we have five more games in eight days. So that's going to be rough, um, especially with guys out, because Tobias might not even play for the next four games. But what are your guys' key matchup for tomorrow? What are you looking at? I'm going to go with what I said in the beginning of the stream is that it's it's the pick-and-roll defense on uh, DeMar DeRozan because he gets around the screen, and if he's open from the mid-range, it's automatic, and that's probably, I think, number one thing you got to stop on this team because, like I said, he scored he scored 70 points in two games, um, and it was all mid-range jumpers. Um, so whoever you stick on him, if it's Matisse uh, or whoever, I think slowing him down is number one. Zach Levine's a guy that can give you the same amount of points. If you stop one, the other can do it to you. So it's definitely going to be tough. But I think we got to start with Demar Derozan. Um, I'm going with Maxi and Lonzo. Um, not I want to see how Maxi does against Lonzo because um, Lonzo's been playing very good defense. He held Donovan Mitchell to one of five shooting. Jason Tatum struggled against him. Julius Randle. Now, I don't know if Lonzo will be on him the whole game, but there would definitely be possessions where Lonzo's guarding him, and I'm assuming he's going to play him tight. So I want to see how Maxi responds to that. Hopefully they put Lonzo on Maxi because that will be a good test to see how his handle is and see if he could get to the rim against him. I hope they put Lonzo on Maxi, but I could see them putting Lonzo on Seth Curry and then putting Zach Levine on Maxi. I don't know what they're going to do, though. Yeah, I would say either – well, hopefully is going to be on Levine. Hopefully he gets more minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he could really be a stopper there and help us win. But I'll, I'm just going to say Joel and Vucevic. Um, Vuce, is, to me, is like – he'll have an amazing game, and then he'll have like an 11-point game. Like, Joel's got a feast. Joel's got a feast. I hope – like I said, I hope his knee's feeling better. I hope he's catching it down low, making the game simplified for himself. Um, and setting up his teammates. I think Joel's starting to trust his teammates more and more. He's like, all right, I don't have to just muscle in through a double team and, you know, feel the pressure on my leg. Let me just kick it out to Seth Curry. For a yeah, I can kick it out to guys that are going to shoot the ball. Yeah. It's, 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 be, it's like it's a great thing for a guy, a center. I mean, it's obvious. Doesn't have to think about it. So I'll say Joel um, should be some good matchups, though. The, like I said, the Bulls do have some depth. Um now, what do you guys think in terms of like a player you think is going to stand out or maybe like a, a player that is going to step up huge above their role, especially with guys out? What do you guys think? I would love to go Isaiah Joe. I would love oh, to be right. I would. Did I steal yours? I would love to be right about him from the beginning of the season. I just it, it's going to take one of those games where Doc is forced to give him 25 minutes. And he's going to get all the corner threes that Danny Green gets. He can shoot just as well or better than Danny Green. He can play decent defense. He has some ball handling ability. There's some, I just, I don't understand why Isaiah Joe doesn't play. I don't get it. I don't see him do any, 
make too many bad turnovers or, or like boneheaded plays. I would love like a twenty point breakout game from Isaiah Joe. That would be amazing. He has to play. He has to play. So he's gonna get minutes. I think he'll step up, but I'm going Matisse Thibel because I think he could he could shut down Levine and that would change the whole aspect of the game or DeMar DeRozan. So I think Matisse, I would love to have Maxi just go for like twenty five. That that would just be awesome. But if we if we win tomorrow, like I'm a I'm gonna be I'm gonna be going crazy because I'm not expecting a win. Like if we somehow win without Tobias, um, and Danny Green, well, Danny Green sucks, but I don't know, man. If we win, <laughs> I'm gonna be. I, I think I might say Sixers to the finals. Like that's how hype <laughs> I'll be. People in the chat are saying the matchup of the game is George Niang against Alex Caruso. Guys, Niang. Let's go. Niang for 30 tomorrow. If this guy puts up 20 again, I'm literally buying a George Niang jersey. Like, this guy is on fire. Um, My my player, I think Shake Milton's going to step up this game. I know he's been, you know, he's had 13, 11, 10. Shake's going to have a really good game. He's going to have like a sneaky 14 to 16. He's going to. You know, play really good against Caruso. I think Shake's going to step up. I do, and I think he he might be even be in crunch time a little bit. We'll see. Yeah, I would love it for his confidence too. You know, if we can get back to that thirty nine points against the Clippers, kind of Shake Milton. What have you guys done to Romp? <laughs> no, dude. This is what it. Ha- this is what happens when I actually like my team. You know. Can I, I don't got exactly see you, Sixers fans aren't just negative for no reason. We've been negative for 20 years because the team has been an absolute failure and disappointment for 20 years. So when they actually look good, we're like, yay, they're good. Now I'm excited to talk about them. That's what I'm saying. And like, I feel like you guys come on here a lot and you're like, why are you guys always so negative? Like we would love to be talking like this was, this is fun. I would love to be talking like this every week. And I hope we do. Like, but we, like you said, we have a pulse of the fan base are as Philly fans. Like we really know our team, but when it's good, you know, we're going to love it. We're going to talk about it. So this is the best. I would love a, what about, what about a 30 point Niang game? Like, I think, I think this, they might like burn down the city. (laughs) That would just be. I mean, we talk about Curry's jump shot. How about Niang's jump shot? It's just, it's, there's something about it. Dude, he's so he's so confident. He'll shoot over anybody. He doesn't even have to be open. And it's just that like super high release and the follow through, and his rainbow just drops swish. That's picking yeah, popper in the league. Great. Oh, dude, his three is great. Every time I see him slip a screen and and move back out to the wing, and he's just he's there. He's open by like two feet every time. Did you guys watch him at Iowa State ever? I did not. Oh man, I'll, I'll go watch. I'll go watch bro. his highlights. He, he did everything. So but how come you only got ten minutes a game with the Jazz? Because that's how the NBA is. I mean, we see it with Isaiah Joe's not getting minutes, and he's capable of doing things. That's just how coaches are, man. At all levels, honestly. I mean, this guy took a gamble on himself. He only made. He only got three million dollars in free agency, and he came to this team that was drama filled. But like, shout out to him, man. Um, yeah, hopefully uh, something happens and we have a little bit more cap space after this season. Yeah. Dude, if Matisse Thibault locks up either DeMar or Zach Levine, whoever it is, like, we're winning this game. Because 
their bench is not impressive. I mean, they got Alex Caruso, who's good, but he just hustles. Tony Bradley, Derek Jones Jr., Io DeSumo. Like, our bench should destroy their bench, if I'm That's being true. real. Like, I – oh, man, oh, God. I'm, I'm getting way too positive now. We might <laughs> – I forgot about Derrick Jones Jr., man. That guy's still... Hey, he's still getting paid in the NBA for being able to dunk a basketball and not do anything else. I think we could win tomorrow. Because Somebody said, somebody also, said we're overrating. Go ahead. Also, the Bulls are... What are they? 6-1 and one now? And they're uh-huh. traveling? And they just had a very good come-from-behind victory? They're due for a letdown game. They're due for a letdown game. And we're, we were, we're chilling in Philadelphia right now. We, we're not traveling anywhere. Oh, we're winning tomorrow. I'm true. I'm betting the game. I'm betting. And hey, their only loss is is, is their only loss was 104 to 103 to the Knicks. Um yep. so and they and, almost blew that. Yeah. So the Sixers played, or I'm sorry, uh Team Australia played US, and this was on July 12th. And Matisse Thibel was guarding Zach Levine again. And Levine went. One for four with five points. And Thibel had, um, I think he had a couple steals on him. And he's just amazing. He led that game. Uh, Matisse Thibel led Australia with three steals and two blocks. So, yeah, he was crazy in that game. I think I was, I was live streaming that game. Yeah. <laughs> and there was something from high school where he had, it was like Matisse's first game on varsity and he locked up Zach Levine. Um, He's locked them up every time he's played them. So, Thibault and Levine. I remember, what was it, last year when he had like two blocks on him? Uh, that's just his – that's his kryptonite. So, Yeah, I think I think Levine did suffer a lot from not having another guy that he can get the ball to. Uh, you know, when, especially in the fourth quarter when they would double trap him at half court and he would force everything. Now he has another another guy, DeMar DeRozan, that he can defer to. So, it's tough, but Matisse and can still do his thing on him. I would I would be going – and being disrespectful, if I did not mention that, um, uh, what's his name? Tony Bradley. Tony Bradley is a member of the Chicago Bulls. Uh, <laughs> Shout out to Tony Bradley, man. Traded him for three days of George Hill. He will be playing tomorrow. I know Sixers fans love him. Um, he can't. He doesn't stand a chance against Andre Drummond. No way. No, neither of them. Him or Embiid. No. No. Do you know what's by the crazy? way, by the way, Embiid's not on the injury report, even as like uh, questionable or anything. So he's definitely playing. Oh yeah, you know, you know what's crazy? Um, the Bulls are really good at forcing turnovers and scoring in transition. Um, Levine and Demar Derozan average six points a game off turnovers, which is top in the league. Um, and the Sixers, so. Taking care of the ball is huge tomorrow. That's that's my key to the game. They're fifth in the league, and that's really good. They're fifth in the league. And last year, they were 21st. We were turning the ball over like it was our job. And now all of a sudden, Tyrese Maxey takes over the point guard role. We're fifth in the league now? I mean, that that's not a coincidence once again. I mean, come on now. Number 25 sucks. Sorry. <laughs> I'm looking at the uh, the Bulls' schedule, and like similar to us, they really haven't played a lot of good teams. They played Detroit twice. They played uh, Toronto, beat them by three. They lost to the Knicks by one. They beat Boston. They beat New Orleans. So like, 
you know, they haven't played the best competition, but they are a good team. Um, but yeah, give us your thoughts yeah. in the chat. We still got a ton of people in here. Uh, probably Pelicans are roasting the Suns right now. That's crazy. The Pelicans, they're. Um, I was just about to say, why are the Pelicans on national TV? But Pelicans are a travesty. I'm sorry, they they might end up selling that franchise. Uh, I don't know if you guys have been following what's going on with Zion, but he might yeah. not play. Oh, he's fat. He can't. Yeah, he can't get back into shape, man, because he can't stay healthy enough to get into shape. You know what I mean? Imagine Ja Morant goes on to be a Hall of Fame player, and and you pass. That's who they passed on, right? At number two, Ja mm-hmm. Morant. Yeah, that's just that sucks, man. Because Zion looked like he was going to dominate the NBA. Or, or look looked like he would, you know, progress into that, and he's regressed ever since uh, high school. Really, hardly played in college, and he blew out his knee after he broke a whole shoe in half. Yep. The guy's just too big, man. Too big. A lot bigger now, no doubt. Um, can we can we talk about how Joel Embiid and Andre Drummond made um, Jonas Valanciunas look like a terrible center, and then all of a sudden? Jonas Valanciunas has been putting up like 20 and 15 against every other team. So appreciate Embiid's defense, guys. As much as people don't appreciate Embiid's defense. And we were all last year, I had to see the Ben Simmons love for defense. And people don't realize we have one of the best rim protectors in the league. Yeah, exactly. People don't realize how much all of the numbers they throw out about Ben Simmons have to do with Joel Embiid being on the floor. You know what I mean? Uh, like everything they talk about him, I'm like, yeah, it's because Embiid was there. I just don't even care. It's because Embiid was there. Oh, they got to the playoff. It's because Embiid was there. I just did don't we, care. Do we ever think that Joel Embiid and Andre Drummond would be a dynamic duo? Like, I can't. I still can't believe that sometimes. And it's. I'm like, waiting. I'm waiting for the time that Doc Rivers just has like a brain fart and plays them both at the same time. Like for like two, <laughs> for like two straight minutes. I can't wait to see it. I don't know why. I just I feel like that'd be fun. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, he played with Ben Simmons, so he could do anything, and Al Horford. So exactly, and he I likes see. playing on the perimeter way too much. So why not? Oh yeah, they just said Zion's uh, knee is not healing as quickly as the doctors thought. The Pelicans are on Sixers on Sixers status right now. They literally came out and lied all off season and then came out to the press conference and we're like, yeah, you know, he had foot surgery. Uh, he's not going to be back for a while. <laughs> like, like, all right, that team is bad. Give us Brandon Ingram for Ben. Well, they're up by almost 20 right now. And <laughs> they're not even, playing, they're not even playing Brandon Ingram. I guess Br- Ingram must be resting or something. I don't see him in the box score. Devontae Graham is pretty nice, man. Poor son's geek. Another man. no look. The thing Turns about the for Pelicans is like, man. for the Pelicans, it's like, where do they even go? Like, they've tried and they've tried, and as soon as they gave away Anthony Davis, they just they're done. So, yeah, it's tough, man. It, they couldn't put anybody around Anthony Davis. Uh, I don't know. It's wild. You would think you you get a player like Anthony Davis. They still weren't very good, you know. You still have top draft picks. You would think you'd be able to package future draft picks, do something to put somebody good around them, and they just couldn't for a long time. So it happens, man. It happened with LeBron in Cleveland. It happened with Iverson in Philly. Yep. Sometimes teams just fail. 
Shout out to all my uh, sad Philly fans out there, Phillies fans, as the Braves are about to win the World Series here. Um, I'm a sad. That's you know, crazy. We're not going to so, <laughs> so we signed Bryce Harper and the Nationals win the World Series the next year. <laughs> and then, and then, oh my God. Rays were, Rays were one game up until like September. And they're uh, a couple innings away here from winning the World Series. So <laughs> Just, uh, I can't take Philly. Like, thank so God. if we would have won the division, they would have been in a wild card. Yeah. They almost didn't make the playoffs. And they made like six trades at the deadline. So, I mean, that, that's what you got to do. You RB. Know? That's going to be, we're going to have an Atlanta Braves type run this year. We have to. That's a, that's how special I feel right to. now. I'm you feeling it now. Feeling the positivity. More, it's a lot. I think it's a lot more realistic in baseball. Baseball is one of those sports where uh, you, know, no. you never know what team Come it's going to be. Negativity. <laughs> <Just saying. laughs> talent. Talent. Talent wins in the NBA. Talent's been winning for a long time. I agree. True. Jay the Bull with the super chat and beating Drummond equals Mountain Stars trail too. <laughs> Yo. These guys are they got some chemistry together, man. They are uh they're a destructive duo. And I feel like Joe like I just love how they can put aside their beef or whatever it was. And like Drummond just loves his team. Every every guy that comes here just loves his team. Whether it's yep. Niang, Dwight, Drummond, like they all just embrace it. So maybe we should find a way to play them an equal amount of time. Twenty four minutes for Joel, twenty four minutes for Drummond, and roll like that the whole season. Regular season? I would do that if yeah. we're winning. Drummond's a dog, man. Um, that's why That's why the last game when we were up by whatever, he brought Embiid back in the game. I'm like, there was five minutes left. We were up by, you know, 26 or something. I'm like, why is Embiid on the floor? I mean, with us giving up so many leads, I was kind of like, yeah, we got to do that because we could not give up another lead to the Hawks. If that happened, I would have just left Earth if we gave up another <laughs> lead to the Hawks. Also, the Hawks suck, by the way. And all you Hawks fans making fun of me for putting you guys number seven in the Eastern Conference rankings. You guys are nothing. Let me tell you that. They're gone. They went away. Um, the Hawks fans went away, and uh, Toronto – I mean, Toronto's five and three right now, actually. I thought they were going to be worse than that. Uh, but the Hawks fans, they went away for sure. They said we Atlanta owns Philly. They were saying all kinds of dumb stuff after that. I mean, come on, man. Like, you beat us with Kevin Herter. I haven't heard the guy's name since. Dude, we smacked those guys. That was my favorite game of this season. That we was awesome. Absolutely put them to bed. Um, that was yeah, great. Trey, Michael Clean said Trey Young is nothing without the refs, man. And it's actually kind of, it's a little bit sad because a player like him, he 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 made his name off of it. And now his entire career is thrown into a whirlwind because he's not benefiting from what he's used to doing. And he's so small, it's like, well, what else can he do besides bait officials? And the last thing here, Big 90 says, it's the fans, that's why they love us. I think that's a great point. Even someone today was trying to tell me, like, oh, um, we're never going to get another free agent after after how we handled the 2-5 situation, the Wentz situation. All I, all I want to say is stop buying into the narrative. Like, Philly fans are some of the best fans. I'm telling you. Like, listen to the guys that actually play here. Even if they play here for a year. Like, yep. I mean, we're, we're literally cheering a guy that's never played for a team. We're giving MVP chance to George Niang. What other fan bases do that? 
Like we show insane amounts of love and, and you know, besides all this crap that's happened, like this is a great fan base. So don't let anybody else tell you different. That's what I got to say about that. Yeah, because we pay attention, man. I say it all the time, but there's not a whole lot in the Northeast besides sports. You know, we don't have beaches and nightclubs and all this stuff. It's just not a it's it's all we have. They pay attention from this jump. You know, I don't remember what player it was, but they were talking about Miami and, and L.A. And they were like, yeah, Philly fans show up in the in the first quarter. You know, they're there before the game starts. These teams, they, they show up in like the middle of the second quarter with their, you know, all their celebrities on the sideline and all this stuff. It's different. It's different here, man. It's like real fans that really pay attention. They know every guy on the team that it's different. That's why that's why players like Nyang and bench players, players that don't get a lot of recognition around the league, love it here because they've never been shown attention. They show up, he's getting MVP chance. Like nobody in any other city even remembered him the next day. Right. And for the people that say, like, oh, uh, when are we gonna get a big time free agent? I'm sorry. Like, unless you're a big, big market like an LA or a New York, it's not the easiest thing to do that. Like you have to home grow your guys and we've drafted terrible. So, um, but if I'm a star, I don't, I'm not hesitating to play with Joel, especially with the rest of this squad, how they're playing. So that's just how I feel about it. But uh, Pope platinum with the super chat says Tyree's defense shutting down all guards. He's now called maxi Island. I love it. Let's do it, man. I uh, see. He, he showed shades of it last year. I was impressed last year, with just how well he moves and how he gets his hand on the ball and, how, how strong he plays. Um, he's just not a guy that, you, just looking at him, you would think he'd be easy to like move out of the way and stuff, and he just holds his ground. He plays great defense for his size. I love it. Yep. He's quick, man. But all right, we're about to get out of here. Shout out to everybody in the chat. Um, let us know if you enjoyed the Sixers takeover, because we are taking over, man. Every week we're here, Tuesday nights, pumping it out for you guys. Uh, next week, no game on Tuesday, and it's the day after the Brooklyn game, so that'll definitely be fun to talk about. And we play Dallas the next day, so um, yeah, we'll be back next Tuesday. Shout out to these guys. Any any final words? Any any encouraging motivation before we take on the Bulls on short strength tomorrow? Yes, encouraging motivation is the New York Knicks held the Bulls to 103 points by playing really good perimeter defense. And we can do that too, and we can score points. I know the Bulls are are, are high ranking defensively right now too, so it's gonna it's not gonna be easy. But we might be able to squeak out a one hundred four, one hundred three type of win. You know? Yeah, we're winning tomorrow. It's that simple. And number twenty five, get the hell out of Philadelphia, man. That's all I got. Oh, say. he's not. He's he's over in Jersey. He's over in Jersey in his mansion. He's not even near Philadelphia. He he would never come here. I'll end it off by saying the Sixers continue to make noise. Very quiet noise. Now the media's going to start talking about us. Watch. But we don't want that. We don't want any of it. No parts. Sixers are going to keep grinding out these wins. Um, and it's beautiful basketball. And we're actually happy. So shout out to everybody, man. Let's get a dub tomorrow. At least one of the next two. We got What's be- up, Mina? Mina said she's going to the game tomorrow. Look for her on the Jumbotron. All right, we'll, we'll be looking for you. <laughs> Give us just some just make game. it make it tight. Make it a tight game, you know. Yeah, you competitive game. I think don't it blow, be- don't don't get blown out, man. Then I'll be sad, and yeah. we're gonna be negative again. Yeah, I think we'll be good. I think we'll be good. All right, guys.
Have a great one. Catch you on the next one. Peace.